Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Today, we are continuing our series. It's actually going to be a short message today. Um, don't hold me to that. I say things like that, and I never deliver, but I'm really going to try to do that today, where I'm going to deliver and let you know that this is going to be a shorter message, I hope, because we are going to be celebrating communion today. If you did not get a communion cup when you came in, we want to get one of those for you. Pastor Grant is going to uh, have the basket in the back. If you just want to raise your hand, Grant, would you go right now and do that? If you just want to put your hand up, if you did not get one of those communion cups, we'll pass those out to you. Make sure that you are uh, prepared for communion today. All right, I'm going to switch microphones here. All right, how's that? There, we're working again. Good deal. So I have with me, as I have all these past weeks, have a chair, and the purpose of that is that we are in this series called Sit, Walk, Stand. The book of Ephesians nicely divided into the three sections. We're learning to sit, and what that means is resting in him, receiving from him, learning from him. Then we're going to learn what it means to walk through this world, and then we're going to understand what it means to stand and fight. Let's look again at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 3 through 12 as we have for the past couple of weeks. And today we are going to look at something that I had been talking about the past couple of weeks, and that is the name of our Savior that is listed here. Now I'm reading from what's called the TLV version, the Tree of Life version. I love this version. It's a one that is kind of a joint Hebrew and, and Christian version. And so I like it because there's a lot of, there's a lot lot of um, things that come alive in the Bible when you understand the context and the meaning behind it. And the thing that we're going to talk about today is one of those things that is so enlightening when you understand why it's written this way. So we are going to look today at the name Yeshua as it's written in the first part of this book of Hebrews. So let's read it uh, as we start. It says this, these words, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Now, some of you hear that name, Yeshua. What does that mean? I've never heard that before. Well, I want to explain to you today what that means. This is the actual name of Jesus. This is, this is his real name. It is the name Yeshua. We're going to talk why is this important. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah. 
He chose us in the Messiah before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons, again, through Messiah Yeshua in keeping with the good pleasure of his will, to the glorious praise of his grace with which he favored us through the one he loves. In him, in Yeshua, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the removal of trespasses in keeping with the richness of his grace that he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will in keeping with the good pleasure that he planned in Messiah. The plan of the fullness of times is to bring all things together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on the earth, all in him. In him, we were also chosen, predestined according to his plan. He keeps working out all things according to the purpose of his will, so that we who were first to put our hope in Messiah might be for, for his glorious praise. Now, you read all of that or you hear all of that, and you may think, I don't, I don't know what he's saying. I don't understand what is meant. Let me just summarize it this way. Before the beginning of the world, God planned that everything would come together in Jesus. He is the meaning of all things. He is the reason for all things. He is the purpose behind all things. He is the one thing that every person ever born needs more than anything in life. You need Jesus more than you need anything. That's what he was talking about, all of the blessings, all of the benefits that come out of that. Well, today, I just want to look at that name as we start this Christmas season. I want you to understand why we use the name Yeshua, why we, we have translated that to Jesus, but there's something more specific and more significant about the Hebrew name. And I want to show you that today. Let's pray as we begin this message. Father, help me to speak on your behalf the truth that we need to hear. Help us to understand about this name Yeshua and why this name matters so much. The things that we even lose in translation when we don't understand this name. Help us, Lord, to understand that your name is the name that is above every name. That at this name, every knee will one day will bow. Every tongue will confess that Yeshua is Lord. People will either do so willingly, going to their knees and confessing, or they will do so unwillingly, being forced to their knees and confessing. But Lord, we know that every knee will bow. Help us to be willing to do so willingly of our own free will, of our own desire, Lord, that we come to serve and to worship you. And I pray, Lord, that it, we would live a life dedicated to you worshiping you, serving you, knowing you, and walking with you every step of the way. Father, teach us now through your word the things that we need to hear. In Jesus' name, the name Yeshua, we pray. Amen. All right, let's talk a little bit about this name. Yeshua is the one of the most important words that you can ever understand in the world. Now, the name Yeshua is the Hebrew name for what we understand as the name Jesus. He was born in Israel. 
Israel. He lived a life as one of the Jews. And so the name that all of his family, all of his friends, all of the people that were following him, all of his disciples, the name that they would have always used would have been the name Yeshua. They would have not used the name Jesus. That's an English translation. They would have used the name Yeshua. Now, let me give you some background again as to why this matters and why this is so important. In Hebrew, there is a word that is yasha. I don't, you don't have to remember the word. Just remember the concept and the ideas that I'm presenting to you here. The name Yasha is the one word that is the most important word and the answer to everything in life. The name Yasha. The word Yasha means some specific things. It means to rescue, to help, to defend, to preserve, to make free, to attain victory, to bring to safety, to heal, and to save. It's an incredible word, this word Yasha, because what this word describes is the one thing that all mankind needs. What does mankind need more than anything? We need everything that the word Yasha describes. In other words, we all are in a world that we, in which we are in peril. We are broken. We are powerless. We are on shaky ground. We are slaves to sin and not even knowing it. We are defeated. We are wounding. We are needing to be saved. We all need that. We are all looking for that in our lives, by the way. Everybody is on a search. When they're born into this world, we are searching for something. We're searching for meaning. We're searching for all of these things. We need help. We need freedom. We need victory and we need to be saved. And that's what the word Yasha does. That's what the word Yasha means. We all need these things. We're seeking these things. So Yasha is the greatest need in humanity. Now, from the word Yasha comes the word Yeshua. Yasha means to save. Yeshua means salvation. So there is no accident of why the Messiah was born with the name Yeshua because his very name means the thing that humanity needs the most. We need salvation. We need to be saved. And because we need to be saved, God sent salvation in the flesh. I've shared this story so many times that I know you're going to have to just bear with me, those of you that have heard it, those who have not heard it, it'll, it'll be a new story to you, obviously, but I remember being a kid, I was about 13 years old, and we were, uh, my, my dad, my stepmother, and myself, we went to Costa Rica for the summer. My dad was a school teacher, so was my stepmother, and we spent the summer or a significant portion of that summer, that year, the age of 13, in Costa Rica. As we were there in Costa Rica, we toured around the country. We, uh, we went from coast to coast. We happened to be on the Pacific Coast side. As we were on the Pacific Coast side, my father and I went down to a beach. Now, the beach was interesting because the beach was a very large sloped area. There was the beach where the water was crashing, and then up the slope 
there was a picnic table at the top of the beach. It was probably 15, 10 to 15 feet up from the surface where the waves were crashing. My dad and I were down there in the water and as we're down there in the water playing around and just having fun, my dad is standing out in the water uh, looking, or no, I'm sorry, I was standing out in the water. I was looking at my dad. He was near the shore. And as he is looking out past me, I see his eyes get really big. And he says, quick, run. Now, I didn't know what was going on when he said, quick, run. But I turned and looked, and there was a massive wave that was coming in. When I am talking a massive wave, this is a wave that would easily take me under. This wave was gigantic that was coming in. It just out of nowhere, this massive wave starts rolling in. My dad turns and starts running up toward the picnic table at the top of the hill. Now, myself, I wanted to run, but I could not run. And the reason I could not run is because of the current that was pulling me back into the ocean. Because the wave was so large, it was producing such an undertow that my feet were literally stuck in the sand. I could not pick them up. I yelled to my dad. I said, Dad, help. He ran back down, reached out his arm. I grabbed his arm. He yanked me out of that sand. And where I was stuck, we both ran up the hill, got on top of the picnic table, and the wave crashed just under the surface of the picnic table. So it would have taken me out to sea. I would have been gone. Your lives would have been empty and meaningless. You would have had a hole in your hearts and never known why if that had happened. Salvation occurred when the wave was about to crash because I cried out, Father, help. Dad, help. And when I cried out, he reached his hand down and saved me. That's salvation. Yeshua means salvation. Now, here's why this is oh so important when you understand the Bible. In the Hebrew text, in what we know as the Old Testament, which I don't even like using the word Old Testament because it communicates something that is outdated and it does not matter. It matters greatly. It is everything that Jesus had. It was the Bible as he had it at the time that he was teaching. In the Old Testament, there are so many pointings to this coming Messiah through the name Yeshua. Let me give you an example of this. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 12, or I'm sorry, verse 2, it says this. Adonai, that is the Lord, is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will glorify him, my father's God, and I will exalt in him. Notice that first line. He is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Now, if you look at the Hebrew text, here's what the word says. Adonai is my strength and song, and he he has become my Yeshua. It's right there. 
he has become my Yeshua. What is Yeshua? Again, salvation, deliverance, defense, prosperity, victory, aid, health, help. That's what salvation is. He has become my salvation. Now, this is one of many references in the Old Testament that God will become my Yeshua. He has, this is a prophecy where he is saying, I will become this for you. So what is the difference between saying, you know, God would become my salvation and God would become my Yeshua? That is ultimately what he's saying. He will become this for me. He will become my salvation. He will become my Yeshua. The creator of the world, the creator of the universe is going to be the one who is going to bring salvation to me. Well, how did the name change in our, in our society? Well, it changed in these ways. In Hebrew, you had the name Yeshua. When the Hebrew was changed into Greek, Iosus is what you had out of that. When it was changed into Latin, Isus, and then it was changed into English, it became Jesus. Now, does that matter? Can we still call him Jesus? Absolutely, you can. But the danger is we start losing the ultimate personal nature of who God is when we don't understand what this name means. The name Yeshua is the name of everything in the world that we need. So look at it from the book of Ephesians and what we've studied so far. We have this timeline, and the timeline looks like this. It was that God, before the creation event in the world, back here where God, Father, Son, and Spirit, God had a plan, according to Ephesians, that 4,000 years down the road that Yeshua would be born, that he would become my salvation. He had a plan in mind that he will reach out to humanity and save humanity. Humanity is stuck in the mud. We, we are stuck in the sand. There's a tidal wave coming. There, there's a massive wave of destruction that is coming. And we're just playing in the beach and playing in the water and just oblivious to things that are going on. And this wave is coming. And he says, I, I've, I've sent you salvation. I've sent you Yeshua, the Savior. Will you, will you accept his arm? Will you reach out to his hand? Will you call upon him and say, Father, please help me? If you do that... He will reach out his hand to you and pull you out and save you. If you're not willing to do that, the wave will crash and the end will come and it will not be pretty. Destruction will happen. There's only one who can reach down and save you. You can't save yourself. If you're stuck like I was in the sand, you can't save yourself. You can't think, well, I know I'm stuck. I'll just be a good person while the wave is coming, and maybe that'll get me out of this mess. Or maybe I'll pay some money, I'll tithe, I'll give some money to somebody. Or I'll bend down and, and bow to the east and worship to the east and call upon Allah to save me. There's no name. You can't do it. You can't work your way there. There is only one who can pull you out of the sand that you're stuck in. And that is why the name Yeshua matters so much. I want to show you some references to this. Psalm 118, verse 14, Adonai is my strength and song, and he has become my Yeshua. 
in the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my Yeshua. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord Adonai is my strength and my song. He also has become my Yeshua. Look at the Christmas account. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, here's what it says. I'm going to use some names. Again, these are the Hebrew names, and, and we've translated them into English, but there's some Hebrew names in here. Don't let that scare you. Here's what it says. Then the, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, to, uh, sent by the Lord, by Adonai, into a town in Galilee called Nazareth. We, we know that as Nazareth, but it's Nazareth in Hebrew. To a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Now the virgin's name, it wasn't Mary, it was Miriam. Because that was the Hebrew name. We have changed that into the name Mary. It does not matter, really. But it, it, that is the actual name. Coming to her, the angel said, Shalom, peace, favored one. The Lord is with you. Adonai is with you. But at the message, she was perplexed and kept wondering what kind of greeting this might be. The angel spoke to her, Do not be afraid, Miriam, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will become pregnant, and you will give birth to a son... And you shall call his name Salvation. You'll call his name Yeshua. Because this is who he is and this is what he was going to do. And I've, by the way, prophesied about this hundreds of times in the Old Testament. And you're not paying attention. I've told you this and it's coming. And here he is, Yeshua. God was not being uh, playing on words when he was using. He was literally saying, Yeshua is coming. Salvation is coming. The saving one is coming. He will be great. And he will be called Ben Elion, which just means the son of the highest. Adonai Elohim, Lord God, will give him the throne of David, his father. In other words, he will have the throne. He will be king of kings and lord of lords. He shall reign over the house of Israel, of Jacob, for all eternity. And his kingdom will be without end. For this reason, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, Paul says this, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue profess that Yeshua the Messiah is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So let me wrap this up. I said I was going to keep this short because we're going to do communion, and I am trying to do that. So here, here's my question. How did they miss it? How did the Israelites, how did the Jewish people at the time of Yeshua miss what God had said? He had said, I will be your Yeshua. And then he brought him here and said, name him Yeshua. And then he did the works that demonstrated that he was who he said. How did they miss that? Here's a better question. How do we miss that? I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. How do we miss who he says he is? I was thinking about that and praying about this this week. How, how do, why do we miss that? Why do we miss that he is salvation? Why do I miss that he is there to save me from everything? I came up with a couple of reasons why I think we miss it. I think the first reason is this. We don't recognize that we need to be saved. I think people think that they're just fine. 
you know, I don't know what's out there after death, so I'm going to try some humanist way or some religious way of me trying to be good enough to reach God. I'm going to try to earn my way there. I'm going to try to be a good person, and maybe I can be reincarnated into something better. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to be reincarnated into something like Grant next time instead of who I am, or Stephen next time instead of who I am. But maybe that could be the case, you know, and they don't realize that, no, that's not the answer. I need to be saved. I'm a mess. I'm broken. I'm defeated. I'm in sin. I'm a slave to sin. I, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I, I feel awful. I have no direction. I'm purposeless in life. When you realize that, you realize that salvation is what I need. But one reason is people just don't realize they need that. Number two is that Yeshua then and Yeshua today is not the God they were looking for. See, see, most people want a God who is their God, according to their terms. See, I, I don't want expectations. I don't want standards. I don't want consequences. I want the God of my own making. I want the God who is the genie. And will just give me everything I need. I, I want the God who's the Santa Claus, that it will just be a jolly holly day every time he's around. I want the God who will just prosper me and bless me and never, never put anything on me. I want that kind of a God. I want the God who's the fixer. I want the God who is the uh, caretaker. I want him who is the valet in my life. You know, um, if you've watched old English shows where they have a valet, that's what I want. I want a valet who who gets me dressed and, and takes care of the household and runs and manages everything. That's the kind of God I want. I want the God who's the Diet Coke of sodas, the all the taste with no, the ca no calories. That's the kind of God I want in my life. That's not how God comes. He comes as salvation, and he says, I'm willing to pull you out, but you have to call on me, and you have to ask me, and then I expect you to follow me and give your heart to me and walk with me and be my disciple. That's my expectation for you. I love you. I forgive you. I want to bless you. I want to take care of you, but I want you in return to love me. That's the God who's Yeshua. And so as we have been going through this and we have been looking at this name over and over again, the name Jesus, again, that's fine. We're going to use that name. We're going to rejoice with that name. But I don't want you to lose the deeper meaning. That God said, I will become your Yeshua, your salvation. I will be your savior. I will set you free. I will give you victory in life. That's who I'm going to be. He said it over and over and over again in the Old Testament. He will be that to us. And now he is. Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, salvation, the Messiah. He's blessed us through him with everything. He adopted you as his child through salvation. In him, Jesus, Yeshua, salvation, we have redemption. We've been set free. We have forgiveness. We have his blessings. He has lavished his grace upon us. He brought everything together in him. Everything on heaven, everything on earth, it all converged in him.
That is why the name Yeshua matters so much. So today, have you accepted that name? Have you received that name? Have you walked with him? Have you just sat and experienced him? Have you experienced the salvation like that picture that I just gave you of being on the beach, being stuck in the sand, the wave is coming. Have you cried out and said, dad, help, save me. I'm going under if you don't help me. When you cry out to him, he will come and save you. I had warned this in this verse that we read, and I had said it in my prayer. You know, one day in the not-too-distant future, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yeshua is Lord. You have a choice. You can willingly do so, going to your knees and bowing before him, confessing his name everywhere you go or you will be forced to your knees and forced to make a confession don't be in the group that is being forced because the consequences are dire be in the group that willingly says I choose to bow my knee to bow my heart to bow my head and to confess his name everywhere I go we're going to go into a time of communion this morning. And as we celebrate this communion, it's a celebration of all that Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, did on our behalf. As we prepare for communion, would you pray with me? Father, we want to be the kind of people who confess that you indeed are our salvation. You are Lord. We want to be the kind of people that bow willingly that go to their knees willingly, that praise you. It's not about us. We don't want to be worshipped. We don't want to have the spotlight, Lord. We don't want life to be all about us. We want it to be about you. So help us to willingly confess your name and bow before you. As we celebrate this communion, may it bless our hearts. May we draw near to you with faith. Lord, if there are some in this room that just need right now in the quietness of their own heart. Maybe they just need to confess some things before you. Maybe they need to get right with you. Maybe right now, Lord, they need to say, I, I know I have drifted away. I've been doing some things that I am ashamed of. I've not been worshiping you. I've been selfish. I've been prideful. I've been arrogant. Maybe I've been angry. And Lord, I come to you in that confession and ask you during this time to come near me and cleanse my heart. Lord, I, I pray for those right now that are just at that moment that they need to make those confessions before you, that you would come to them and forgive them, bring them forgiveness and help them to know that you truly love them and are willing to forgive them. I pray, Lord, right now that this would be a moment of restoration, reconciliation. And I also pray, Lord, for those who have never cried out to you. They know today they're stuck in the sand and the wave is coming and they just know today they need you as they just cry out, Father, save me. Will you just reach down, pull them out 
and let them know how much you love them. That warm embrace, that protective embrace of a father who just saved his child. Lord, help them to know without a doubt that they are now your children because they have cried out to you. I pray, Lord, that during this time of communion that it would be a blessing and it would be a help and that you would now be with us. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.